This morning, my, my talk is titled, A Kingdom of Hope. A Kingdom of Hope. Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6 and verse 9. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, your kingdom come. Your will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. In our community, in our country, in our culture, like it is in your kingdom. On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus has already bridged the gap and opened the gates for heaven to come to earth. When Jesus came, the apostle Paul refers to him as the heavenly man, the heavenly man. And so the gap and the gates have been opened through the Lord Jesus Christ. And what was the message that Jesus sent his disciples out to teach, to preach. What did he send them out to proclaim? Here's what he sent them to say. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7, go and preach. And here's your message. The kingdom of heaven is near. It's near. Luke Luke's gospel says it this way, chapter 10, verse 9. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. What a message. What a message to walk into a village and to, and to proclaim the kingdom of God is near. It has come near to you. Or as the message Bible says it, tell them God's kingdom is right on your doorstep. The kingdom of God is right on your doorstep. And this king that we've been singing about and praising and worshiping together this morning, this king and this kingdom that is right on your doorstep, let me tell you, he has a name. He has a name. And I want to declare to you this morning his name in Matthew chapter 12 and in verse 21. His name will be the hope of all the world. That's the name of this king. And that is the kingdom that we proclaim and preach that has come near to you and to me. And his name, the name of this king, the hope of all the world is right on your doorstep. And while the while the, while the world today flounders, while the world today flails and, and, and falters in despair, the hope of all of the world is right on the doorstep of every one of us. My pastor, Pastor Tom Messer, who has been my pastor for Ever since 1976, 
So that's a few years. I've only had one pastor since 1976. He's still my pastor today. And the other day I was contacting him there in Phoenix, Arizona, where it's about <laughs> 48 degrees. You know, it's, 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 it's hot. But anyway, I said, Pastor Messer, I said, has the Lord spoken anything to you recently? Have you heard? Because he has a, a real uh, connection with God and a real prophetic voice. And I said, is there anything that you would like me to say uh, to, to us here in, in Australia? And he got right back to me and he said, two things the Lord has really spoke to my heart. And one of the things I shared last week, and he said the Lord spoke to him about the power of footprints. And that as we walk, and the Lord gives us the ground that we walk on. Influence happens and all kinds of wonderful things happen when we think about the amazing power of footprints. But the other thing, which actually was the first thing he said to me, it was profound and I haven't stopped thinking about it since he sent me that message. And here's what, here's what he said. God also spoke to him and said this. There is a dearth in the earth for hope. There is a dearth in the earth for hope. Now, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, dearth means famine. It means scarcity. It means in short supply. It means the supply lines have been practically cut off. There is a dearth in the earth for hope. For hope, it is in such short supply. People all around us are living today without a sense of hope. And all you have to do is go online and type in hopelessness. You will be shocked at the current recent studies and surveys of what's going on and the first one I turned to was an article in the Atlantic that just, was just written this last year, April the 11th, this last year, the Atlantic. And I'm just going to read this little article to you. The United States is experiencing an extreme teenage mental health crisis. From 2009 to 2000. I beg your pardon, from 2009 to 2021, the share of American high school students who say they feel persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness rose from 26% to 44%. From one in four to one in two. Other studies also quoting this said that it's as high as 51% of teenagers, of young people in America live with a constant, persistent sense of hopelessness. And according to a new CDC, a new CDC study, and here's the conclusion, this is the highest level of teenage sadness ever recorded. Yeah. There is a dearth in the earth for hope. It's like the writer of Ecclesiastes 
you know, the one who said vanity, vanity, all is vanity. He also said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 3. It seems so wrong that everyone under the sun suffers the same fate. Already twisted by evil, people choose their own mad course for they have no hope. There is nothing ahead but death anyway. That sounds like an article that could have been written just this week. Billy Graham said, our world today so desperately hungers for hope, yet uncounted people have almost given up. He said, there is despair and hopelessness on, on every hand. And when Billy said those words decades ago, I wonder how much more those words are pertinent this morning. And you know, the Apostle Paul reminds us, as Christ followers, he reminds us that we also at one time lived in that parched place, that place of scarcity, that place of famine. Yeah. When he wrote these words to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, he said this, at that time, there was a time there was a time that we also lived in that place. He said, at that time, you were apart from Christ. You were foreigners and did not belong to God's chosen people. You had no part in the covenants, which were based on God's promises to his people. And you lived in this world without hope and without God. Yeah. The New King James Version says, having no hope and without God in the world. There is the culture on earth and there is the kingdom of heaven. One has a famine of hope and the other has fullness of hope. And one is right on the doorstep of the other. Paul wrote to the Romans, chapter 15, verse 13, and he said this, I pray that God, the source, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Joy and peace. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Joy and peace. Joy and peace. I pray that, the, I pray that God, the source of hope, Will, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then, with joy and peace, with joy and peace, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. There may be a dearth in the earth of hope, but it's overflowing in the kingdom of heaven. It's overflowing with those who have believed and with those who have the joy and the peace of God. Hope overflows from a famishing dearth in the earth to a flourishing, overflowing hope in the kingdom of heaven. This passage in the New King James Version says it this way. Now may the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Man, do we have any idea how powerful believing is? I mean, I guess if doubting is powerful, believing is powerful too. If doubting has results, believing also has results. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Family, hope abundant, hope abounding. Not hope that's been somehow cut off from the supply chain. This God of hope, God, the source of hope, the king of hope, his name, his name is the Lord of hope. His name is Jesus. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul says, and I'm Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord, Jesus Christ, our hope, the God of hope, the King of hope, the Lord of hope. We live in his kingdom. And those of us who chase God, and those of us who pursue God, we live with this peace and joy that Jesus gave us, that Jesus left before he went to heaven. He said, my peace I leave with you. And then he said, and my joy I give unto you. And when peace and joy come together in Jesus, we overflow in hope. And then Jesus says this to you and me. You are not of this world. You are not of this world. I talked about that last week and the week before last. We've talked about this. We've read this. And then Jesus also said this. The kingdom of God is within you. You are not of this world where there's a famine and a dearth in the earth. You are not of it. And he said the kingdom of God is within you. Well, what, what is that like to have the kingdom of God within you? What does that look like, feel like, taste like, smell like? What is it really, what, how does it, how do we, how does it, how is it lived out? Is this just some, you know, vague concept that I have in the back of my mind, the kingdom of God is within me? Or is it kind of like a real deal situation and thing? Well, what is it like that the kingdom of God is within me? Because what is it, what does it mean, the kingdom of God? In Romans 14 and verse 17, we read, For the kingdom of God, which is within you, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the New Living Translation says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we've just looked at scriptures that says when peace and joy come together through our believing, hope overflows. And while the culture of the world is unsettled and uncertain and unstable, we live with a hope that anchors our soul. The Hebrew writer in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19, he says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Anchor for our souls. You need an anchor when the storms are nigh. You need, you need an anchor 
when everything's shifting and moving. You need an anchor when it's dark and you can't see and the storm's blinding the eye and the situation and there's uncertainty. You need an anchor. You need an anchor. And this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. But here's here's the, the deal. You have this hope as an anchor of your soul, but the verse right before this gives us instruction that says this, but you have it, but you have to lay hold of it. It's not one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hope is not one of the, it's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. There are other beautiful things. Hope is not that. Hope is something you, it's yours, but you have to lay hold of it. You have to drop the anchor. You have to lay hold of hope. And this is what the verse just before this one, I'll read this one again. Verse 19, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into the inner sanctuary of God. Verse right before it says that we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. As a young man in my late 20s, I learned that hope is a rope. I learned that hope is a rope, and I have to lay hold of it. It can, be li- it can lie there piled up on the floor. The anchor's not set. Hope is not held on to. And, I'm, my, and I was going through, in my, early, my late 20s, I was going through a severe, severe depression. It was taking my life away from me. And it wouldn't quit, it wouldn't end. It just was just on and on in depression. And I'm thinking, how can this be? I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. How can it be that I feel my life is slipping out from underneath me? How can this be? And I I would pray, and for months and months, I would just pray and I would cry out to God and say, this isn't right, this can't be, this can't be, this can't be. And I said, you've got to deliver me, God. You've got to deliver me from this deep dread, this, this despair that's, odd, that's, that's just has come over my life. And the Lord spoke to me in my 20s as a young man crying out to God. He said, I'm, he, he, I said, you have to deliver me. And what he said to me is, I'm throwing you a rope. A rope. I said, Lord, I'm in a pit so deep, I don't know which way is up and which way is down. And he said, I'm going to throw you a rope. Lay hold of it. Lay hold of it. And that's what I began to do. And over the next several months, I would take the rope of hope. And every day I would quote a scripture. I would lay hold of some truth of God. I would believe a promise. Until I climbed out of that damnable pit. You have to lay hold of it. Hope is a rope that you lay hold of. We have to lay hold of hope and we have to drop the anchor of hope in the storms of life. The Good News Bible says it like this. So we who have found safety with him are greatly encouraged to hold firmly to hope, to the hope that is placed before us. Why must we hold firmly to the hope placed before us? Because you can be a Christian and still feel hopeless. 
In Psalm 42 and verse 5. Why am I so sad? Why am I so troubled? I will put my hope in God. And once again, I will praise him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 42, verse 5, from the King James Version, says it this way. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. This is King David. This is King David laying hold of hope. This is King David finding himself so troubled and so disquieted. This is King David speaking to his soul. You know, many times we want someone else to speak to our soul. We want someone else to come in here and help me and grab the rope and start pulling it up for me. Listen, we need each other. We need to be close to each other. No one has to do the journey alone. No one has to do despair and depression alone. You don't even have to do loneliness alone. But there are some things that you have to lay hold of for you. I mean it. There's just some things that you got to. I will. He said, I will. I will put my hope. He said, he said, I will yet praise him. He said, he said, uh, once again, I will praise him. I will put my hope in God. I will. I will. I will. I will lay hold. God, I'm dying in this pit. Well, lay hold of the rope I've sent you. That's what we do, man. That's what we do because the kingdom of God is right on my front porch. The king of hope is not far. The Lord of hope is near. He's here. And we read in Psalm 119 and verse 147, I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help and I hope in your word. Man, I get up for the despair. I get up before the depression. I get up before the darkness. I get up before the dearth. And I beat every one of those things to the place of God where I put my hope, to the place of God where I declare my hope is in him, to the praises of God. Hope is a lifeline that we lay hold of. Hope is a promise that we believe. Hope is an anchor that we set. We see the Apostle Paul doing this very thing in the desperate, difficult situation of his own personal life. Paul had it tough, man. But listen to Paul describe his hard situation while at the same time full of hope. Here's what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side. Man, that's like 360. That's like hard pressed, pressure pressed hard, press 360. This is what Paul says. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, 
but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Still here. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, but, but, but so that the life of the Lord Jesus may also be manifest in us. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Is it hard, Paul? Is it hard? Yes. Paul, is it, is it, is it difficult? Yes. Paul, do you, have, do you have doubts? Do you have doubts, Paul? Yes. Want to give up? Hell no. Heck no. Heck no. Heck, give up. Heck no. But, but I, Paul, I, I, I don't get it. You're not, you're not disappointed. You're not disillusioned. You're not discouraged. How can you not be disheartened? Well, he says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, well, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Nobody's beating that up. For our light affliction, you know, all that persecution and all that hard pressing, for our light affliction, come on, this is a man full of hope. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, this ain't forever. I'm forever. This ain't forever. Everything that's pressing against me ain't forever. I'm forever. I will forever be here when it's a memory. In the past, Paul says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things that are seen or felt or heard. No, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's the kingdom of heaven. While we look at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. That's the earth. That's the culture of the earth. That's where there's a dearth in the earth for hope. No, we're not looking at the things that are seen. We're looking because they're temporary. We're looking at the things which are not seen because they're eternal, like me. And like you. In the culture of the world, we can find ourselves down and out. But in the kingdom of God, we find ourselves down, but not out. Not out. Not at all. Heck no. Because we are filled with hope as we lay hold of hope and serve the God of hope who is the anchor for our soul. There is a dearth in the earth, so much so that the culture of this current world would tell you and advise you, don't get your hopes up. You just set yourself up for disappointment. Don't do it, don't do it. Don't get your hopes up. You're setting yourself up, man, for disappointment. But the kingdom of God says that you may abound in hope, that you may overflow in hope, that hope just it grows on every tree in the kingdom. Hope is all around you. You can, you can take a bath in it. It's, so, it's, it's just everywhere. It's the air we breathe in the kingdom 
of heaven. You know what the Bible says about Abraham, our father, the father of us all, we, we read. Here's what it says about Abraham in Romans 4:18. And when there was no reason for hope, just think about that. When there was no reason for hope, he just kept hoping. He just kept hoping, believing, hoping, believing God had made him a promise. What if God was right? What if it was true? I'm not going to not believe the promise. I don't see it. There's no reason for me to see it. He said we were going to have a baby. I'm 100. She's 90. We're all, there's just no reason for hope. But you know, God said it, though. And, and it, was, it was God who said it. You know, like Elohim. You know, like the Yahweh of Judah. You know, like the transcendent, awesome, living, holy God said it. And so I know there's no reason for me to hope, but I'm going to hope anyway, believing. Believing. Abraham kept hoping. Believing that he would become what God said he would become. The father of nations. For God said to him, that's how many descendants you're going to have. And so, I say, to every God chaser in this room, and to every God chaser streaming us right now or watching or listening to us right now I say to every son and daughter in the kingdom of heaven get your hopes up get them up get your hopes up hope means a definite confident expectation of good come on man that's the air we breathe That's the air we breathe. Hope means a confident, definite, confident expectation of good. That's the atmosphere in the kingdom of heaven. There's a dearth in the earth, but in the kingdom of heaven, that's the atmosphere that is all around us. And it gets even better than that for you and for me. As Paul said in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27, Christ, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Glory. We have not just a confident, we not just have a definite, confident expectation of good, we can add glorious in there as well. So here's how this works, family. Christ in you is the definite, confident expectation of a good and glorious marriage. Christ in you is the definite, confident expectation of a good and glorious family. Christ in you is the definite, confident expectation of good and glorious health. Christ in you is the definite, confident expectation that all of your children and mine will serve God gloriously in their lifetime and we're going to take every one of them to heaven with us. Get your hopes up!
the Apostle Paul teaches us that there is no bad circumstance that I can ever be in that will cause me to be destroyed or forsaken by God ever. Ever. You live every day of your life with a definite, confident expectation of glorious good. We call it hope. You are filled with hope. You abound in hope. The king is the God of your hope. Hope is the anchor for your soul. Hope is the rope that you do not lay hold of. Hope in Christ, the hope you have the hope of glory. Now there may be a dearth in the earth of hopelessness, but not in you. Not in you. Not in the kingdom of God within you. And the kingdom of God is near, right on your doorstep. Stand with me. There's a dearth in the earth for hope, but it overflows in the kingdom of heaven. And yet this morning you could be a Christian and a thousand different voices from media, social, political, financial can be saying there's no reason to hope like half of the young people right now in the United States. But today, this kingdom that you're in, this kingdom is right on your doorstep and there's an anchor here of hope. Set it. There is a hope. Lay hold of it. There is no pit so dark or so deep that the rope of hope is not dangling there for you, for you to lay hold of it right now and to begin to believe the promise of God, begin to lay hold of the promise of God, to begin to pull yourself up, to pull up. And if it takes a day, then come out in a day. And if it takes a month, then come out in a month. It took me six months of climbing until I got out of that pit. But I'm out, glory to God. And if I'm out, you can be out too in Jesus' name. So reach your hand out towards our family. Father, we know that in the earth, hope is rare right now. And Lord, there are those in the earth who desperately feel every day a sense of despair. But Lord, we're Christians. We're believers. We hold hope as an anchor in our soul. Jesus, Paul called you the Lord of hope, and you're my Lord. And God... God, you are the God of all hope and you're my God. You're the king of this kingdom of heaven which is filled with peace and joy and hope overflows. That's my portion. That's my address. This is my home. And if I have to get up early before all the despair gets up and go pursue and seek that hope, I'll do whatever I have to do to lay hold of hope. And now, Father, I ask you to meet every brother and sister that is standing here with me I'm standing here with him as well. Every brother and sister that is standing here with me right now, fresh hope. Come on, this is the air you breathe. Breathe it in. Fresh hope. 
fresh hope. Abraham believed. He held on to hope when there was just no, he just held on to hope and, and was he going to let go until he died or until God brought the promise to him? And God brought the promise to him. So Father, we stand here today laying hold of hope, laying hold of hope in the name, in the name of Jesus. Amen.